It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. This show is all about finding your A-game in your single life, in your relationships, in your marriage. Yes, even in your professional life. Think about it, right? I mean, all the same skills apply, whether you're in sales or you're on the singles market. It's all very synchronistic. Why shouldn't you apply what you have learned in your work life to your personal life? Okay. And vice versa. And so, all right, you're in the corporate world and you're in sales and you've done a lot of training Mm -hmm. and a lot of, uh, what would you call it, corporate um, empowerment training or... Been part of that, yes. What did what have you learned that you could apply to your personal life, to your relationships, and to your marriage? Well, uh, most recently, I went through the Gustav Kaiser training, which was fascinating, and it taught us what type of people we are. It taught us about what colors we are. You can be blue, yellow, green, red. It gives you an analytical way to know who you are and know who others are by the way they react so you can approach them in a manner that will not put them off some people like to be a hard sell some people like to be soft and coddled a little bit and this helped us in learning how to handle different personality types because of the personality type that we are so applying that to a dating scenario i think that it enables people to read people better and to approach them in a manner that they hope the person that's being approached will appreciate and not put them off and i think that that's the first step is in when you meet somebody how do you come across to them are you going to come across uh as uh hungry uh, attractive accommodating comfortable who they are so all of these things can apply. So if you had an opportunity to work with a business coach, an executive coach, would you? Absolutely. I, I, I love would. you. You know, I no matter how good you are, you can always improve. I think it's it is applicable everywhere. All kinds of coaching, speaking from experience, because I am one now. And the life coaching and dating coaching go very much hand in hand. And to me, the key is empowerment, helping someone find their power, helping someone realize their potential, uh, helping someone discover and maximize their, their talents is all part of making great choices in life. And if you're able to do that, chances are you're going to be have a healthier relationship and be attracted to and magnetize healthier people into your life if, if you are empowered. So that's where I think business coaching also would be really kind of helpful in that area. So, I, so Bill Hart is our guest. 
He is an executive coach. And I was doing a little research on Bill and I took a little gander on LinkedIn and there was a, a little paragraph that I want to read because I think it just has everything to do with dating as well. I'll help you quickly identify your strengths and growth opportunities and lead you toward greater fulfillment and results. Together, we'll uncover deep insights into your behavior and what drives it while also enhancing your knowledge of the relationship between thoughts and behaviors and their impact on effectiveness. Well, if that just doesn't say everything about dating and being single and being in relationships, even being married, uh, I don't know what does. Because it is all about your thoughts. It's so much about your thoughts and behaviors. And your thoughts become things. And your thoughts become behaviors. And it has everything to do with all about choices and you say that all the time you have choices you have options you have options yes always and that's been something that i've been trying to make you aware of at every opportunity given you there's always options right and if to me uh when you are empowered when you are confident when you are when you have a sense of uh, healthy self-worth you're able to make better decisions and choices and that includes with people not just not just with your behavior but with people as well correct yes absolutely so we will be bringing bill on shortly and uh we will tap into all that he is because uh he is a uh, very successful executive coach and you know, we think that there is a definite correlation between how he can help people in the corporate world and how we can apply some of these tactics in a personal life and how people can learn from what he knows and what he has seen, because I'm sure he's been around people that may be successful personally and not so successful in business or vice versa. We want to be as well-rounded as possible. We want to be successful personally. We want to be successful in business. We want them to feed each other. Yes, they will, because they all go hand in hand. I may have somehow subconsciously created this episode today. It's not out of the blue that we're talking about this today because I've been reading a book that Robbie gave me for my birthday called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen Sincero. And I highly recommend it. It's been great. I'm almost done with it. Um, And I have to say that there's so much overlap she does get in, she gets into a lot of stuff about business and money and, and dating and love. And they're very connected. And it all comes down to attitude and choice and the things that you have absolute power over. And pretty much everything is in your power. And it's when you give up your power or somehow uh, surrender it uh, is when you get it, you run into problems. With everything, or not believing that you have the power to begin with, which everybody has felt at one time or another. This book has really resonated with me because I see a lot of myself in that person who used to be, who did feel powerless. And when I did feel powerless, I made the shittiest choices ever with men. Well, that's uh, says a lot. Hello, water seeks its own level. Hmm. With that said. We're going to yes. take our first break. Okay. And then we're going to come on with our guest, Bill Hart. So we will Goody. be right back with Bill. 
You're listening to Done Being Single with dating interventionists Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you've got a question, a dilemma, or dating nightmare you want to share, you can reach us by email, Trevor and Robbie at DoneBeingSingle.com. And now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, super excited to welcome Bill Hart onto Dunbeaten Single. Bill Hart is an executive coach for Building Champions with 19,000 hours in the coach's chair. For the past 20 years, Bill has interviewed over 200 of the country's top business professionals and leaders. Throughout the year, Bill speaks to audiences of business professionals on the best practices he's learned from the top players in that space. Bill has traveled across North America with these events and twice to Australia. Bill's first book, White Collar Warrior, Lessons for Sales Professionals from America's Military Elite, draws comparisons between the best our military produces and the most effective sales professionals. Bill's podcast, All In with Coach Bill Hart, showcases individuals from all walks of life with one thing in common. They are all in. Bill is particularly adept at helping people to gain clarity on what they want personally and professionally, and then closing the gaps between intention and execution. That's his next book. Bill resides in Moore Park, California with his wife of 29 years, Tony. Bill Hart, come on in. Welcome, Bill. That sounds just like a guy I know. <laughs> I know that guy. Well, we know we know him too. Well, it is so good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show, you guys. Thank you for being on. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, so Bill, you were listening to the first segment, and we were making comparisons and drawing sort of, I guess, comparisons to executive coaching and dating coaching and life coaching Mm -hmm. and how they all work together and how one is not different from the other. And I'm curious to hear your comments and thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. It was a it was a very interesting topic because, as you can imagine, it comes up quite a bit. I've done this for 16 years now in the coach's chair. And what, you know, I don't know what that sounds like to people, but what that means is 12 coaching sessions a day, 12 30-minute coaching sessions a day, Monday through Wednesday, a few scattered calls occasionally on a Thursday. Fridays are usually speaking engagements or what we call on-time where you're working on your business, not in it. So right now I'm working on my second book or it could be a talk that I'm creating, but just a whole lot of time in that space. And you know, you when you climb into that many people's lives, we have one year contracts, many clients I've coached for 12 and 13 years, but it's a long-term commitment. So it, you, you don't come at this gig with Band-Aids. And so you, if trust is built quickly and that's the goal, you can generally generally reveal some of the, you know, some of the rusty old car parts in the bay when the water goes out and you're having a conversation about what really matters. It's like, well, yeah, you know, been married three times and dating's not really going so well, but yeah, made a million bucks last year. So it does happen. I won't say it happens a lot, but it does happen. And I do think that there are some, I think there is some predictability to it. There's some one-offs too, right? There's some people that just have issues um, and, and they might be able to manage that in a sense in business but when it comes to creating personal relationships that can be a nightmare and so invariably that's where we always create action plans in coaching and so an initial action plan in a situation like that like where i know i've i'm way you know above my pay grade uh, is go find a therapist or a marriage and family counselor and report back to me on how that went because i know i can't help them there any more than i could help them with cardiology 
Okay. So you, you tend to shy away from the personal aspect of nope. some of your clients? Nope. Sorry, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. No, it, it's just if it gets too deep, Robbie, and, and it's something that I don't feel like I can help with, that, let me give you an example. I, I've got a client right now. I've coached him for about eight years, and he's a wonderful guy, and we always talk about skill and execution, and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's great. I'll do that. Create an action plan. Two weeks later, it didn't get done. What happened? Well, he's ADD. And so we both just sort of realized that, you know what, here's what we need to do. Let's suspend coaching for 90 days. You go find a specialist in that area that will give you the tools that you need to be able to cope with the distractions and the things that go on in your head. Because I can fill him up with great ideas and strategies. But if he, you know, is attracted to the next shiny object, that never gets done. So so that's a classic example of that. If, the, if it's something I'm just not trained in, it's like, go get help on that thing, then come back. But let's let's ask to Trevor, to your question very specifically, I, here's my belief. So the way that we approach coaching at Building Champions is with what we call the core four. And the core four is a life plan. I'll come back to this in a minute. A business vision a business plan, and then priority management. So if you can picture those four quadrants, upper left-hand corner is the life plan, upper right is the business vision, lower left, business plan, lower right, priority management. The reason we do that is that if our belief, our conviction is that if all we do is focus on business, to your point, we're going to completely miss where that person may have gaps in their fitness, in their spirituality, in their personal relationships, parenting, siblinghood, whatever. So the life plan is where we begin. And the idea is that the founder of our company, Daniel Harkavy, wrote a book with Michael Hyatt called uh, Living Forward. It's a fantastic book on this topic. So if anybody's interested, go look up Living Forward. And I think you can even get a bit of a summary on our website at buildingchampions.com. But the whole idea is, do you guys remember um, Stephen Covey, one of the seven habits of highly effective people that he talked about, right, was begin with the end in mind. Well, here's the thing. We don't do that in life. Most people don't. We do it with vacations. We do it when we build a house. We do it when we bake a cake. But we don't do it with our lives, meaning – If I'm truly going to begin with the end in mind, then the way that Daniel writes it in the book is it's like, okay, so nobody wants to talk about it, but here's the thing. There's going to be a memorial service for you. Picture it. Who's in the front three rows? What are they saying about you? Right? And what it generally does for most of us, it creates a heavy moment of conviction like, ah, I've got regrets. I didn't... I didn't finish that relationship strong. I've got more work to do over there. I wanted to do more. And so the hope in this process is now we have you create legacy statements, right? So the legacy statement might be to my spouse, I want to be remembered as to my kids. I want to be remembered as, does that make sense to you guys? Mm -hmm, mm Then we, we reverse engineer it, right? It's like, well, okay. So if that's who you want to be, Let's come up with some tangible ideas, and the ideal is for the client to come up with this. If I come up with it, they don't own it. Robbie, you know that from Mm -hmm. your work, and Trevor, you know that as well as a trainer, right? It's the the same thing. Yeah, they've got to sort of own it, or it's just you telling them what they should do. So 
Anyway, when they come up with it, it's like, well, okay, you know what? I should have a date night once a week with my spouse. Now, it's more frequently I'm dealing with people that are already married, right? Very seldom am I dealing with people that are dating. It happens. It happens. But people that are going to pay me a 1000 bucks an hour for executive coaching typically aren't 23 and dating. You know, more often than not, they've already established a relationship. And so what happens is often an entrepreneur or a, a successful executive – loves what's happening at work because of the the excitement and the things that are different and they're fighting dragons and they're building castles, but the same old thing is happening at home, mm-hmm. right? Isn't mm-hmm. that what often happens mm-hmm. in marriages? Yeah, why is that? Routine, right? Routine. We don't work at keeping it fresh. I'm sure you guys have spoken about this on other episodes, but one of the things that we try and get them to do is to think about like date night. What does that look like? Or when you get home, where are your phones, for goodness sakes, you know? Can, mm-hmm. can we have the phones down for a few minutes and like look each other in the eyes and have a conversation and actually listen? Right. Right. Can we? So anyway, that's where we go with that. It, I could go, you know, on and on and on about that whole thing. But I want you to understand from our perspective, and I'm not saying it's the end all, but from our perspective at Building Champions, that's the way we approach it is to try and help the client get a sense of what that life component is going to look like before we ever even embark upon their vision for their business or a business plan or ultimately priority management, like where are they actually spending their time? How many of your clients, once they work with you, tend to get benefits or improvement in their personal lives? Mm. I don't know how to quantify it. I mean, we've had, we've actually done some white papers on this and we could probably get you some data, but I mean, I would honestly say the vast majority, and and it's because it's a very simple formula. It's a very simple formula. My next book is called Closing the Gaps. So the 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 big title, right, is those three words, closing the gaps. But the subtitle will be between intention and execution. And so it, it's three steps. So far, I'm dividing the book up into three sections there. So number one is gain clarity gain clarity. Mm-hmm. What is it that I want? So in, in your world, let's just step away from business for a moment. In your world, and Trevor, I'm guessing you went through this in some fashion, You you because you spoke earlier about, and I've heard you talk about this before, about some mistakes that you had made. I'd done the same thing. I think there's a moment in time where you get really clear about, and, and people can take this to the extreme, right? There's somebody listening right now that's like, yeah, you know what? I, whatever that person just isn't out there. I'm convinced of that. Well, that's not true. That person is out there. But gain clarity around what is important to you, right? What will you accept? What won't you accept? What are you looking for, right? right. So so gain clarity. Good. Step two, <clears throat> let me just finish these three and then I want to listen to you. So number one is gain clarity. Step two is create action plans, which are just those are the things that are going to close the gaps, right? So mm-hmm. whatever that is, I'm either going to move and groove in the places where I want to meet that type of person as opposed to the places with my experience is most people go to the wrong places to meet the kind of people that they want to meet. It just, this seems very basic to me, but... It, you know, it feels like in, unless you're doing it online, which is a great system, uh, you should probably be hanging out in a world where you would want to meet somebody interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems mm-hmm. logical to me. Mm-hmm. And, and then the last thing is the accountability. And that to your very directly to your question, the reason that we see improvement is that if somebody's paying a lot of money for coaching and they know two weeks later, I'm going to be talking to my coach about this thing that I said I was going to do. And let's fitness. 
right, Trevor? I mean, right. as a trainer, let's go through that one right now. They, they all come up with, I want to be more fit, right? I mm-hmm. want to lose 25 pounds. I want to whatever. Well, we break it down. And, and I'm sure you do the same thing, but the difference is you're actually in the gym doing that with them or on the floor in a yoga environment or, you know, Pilates, whatever that might be. I'm just trying to say, what have you done in the past that's worked for you? Uh, I walk. Awesome. How far are you going to walk? How long are you going to do it for? Cool. I'll hold you to that. We'll see you in two weeks. Let's see how that goes. So just the process of paying money because they have skin in the game and being held accountable, mm-hmm. not letting them off the hook, mm-hmm. that creates progress. It's pretty simple. You have a question? No, I just wanted to, to say that accountability is everything. It's mm. right up there with uh, choices and judgment and that has everything to do with how you see your life and how you want your life to go. And yes, and I think people don't really have an action plan. And it would be well worth everybody's while to create one for their life, especially if they're, if they're goals or things that they want to attain. I did not. I had no clue what an action plan was. I did not really have a vision um, for a really long time and until I was taught what they what it was until mm. I was my eyes were open to the the power of having a plan even in your love life for sure so once again I'm just going to drive listeners if this is strike is because there's somebody listening right that's like okay you know what I want to do that how do I do that the good news is you don't have to engage with coaching as a matter of fact you don't have to spend a penny just go to buildingchampions.com I'm pretty sure it says tools and you'll find a life plan there. You can download the life plan. It explains the process. It's not easy. I mean, I don't want to kid listeners, right? This isn't easy. And for some people, it's going to be emotional because you're going to end up looking at some stuff that you, we all tend to compartmentalize, right? Sweep Mm -hmm. it under the rug. But if you look at it and you say, well, okay, what we call it in Building Champions is the accounts of your life. Right. Again, it could be spouse, health, spirituality, finances, travel, whatever. I used to have a golf account in my life plan years ago. Like I want to be a single digit handicap. It's your life plan. There's nothing formulaic about it. But if that intrigues you, we've been doing this for almost 30 years and it is uncanny when we when we survey clients like what's the thing that brought you the most value they could have increased their business increased their savings increased their income nearly everyone says you know what the life plan made all the difference for me and it's to the very point that you brought up before you brought me on Trevor it's it's how is it that somebody can be so successful and effective in business and so messed up in their personal life this will help them because it gives you if you guys seen the old I don't know, 25 years ago. Do you remember the balance wheel? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? It's where it looks like the spokes of a bicycle wheel, right? And so if you if you said on a scale of one to 10, one being at the hub, 10 being at the outer tire, and each of those accounts I just listed was one of the spokes, if you've got a bunch of 10s, you have a perfectly balanced wheel. Probably rare. But if you got some twos and threes, that wheel is going to be a little thumpy, And so Mm -hmm. sometimes that's a good visual for people like, yeah, you know what? I got this part of my life dialed. That part needs a lot of work. Well, listening to you, Bill, feels like uh, we need a lot of work. (laughs) But (laughs) not that much. We all do. We all do. It's so nice to hear. And uh, you have a a wonderful manner about you. So uh, 
We are going to take a break and come back with more from Bill Hart. And now back to done being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, we are back with Bill Hart. Okay, Bill. So we were talking about in the first segment, why is it that there are disconnects of success that, mm. that maybe someone can be a superstar in their business professional life at work, at their job and be, I don't want to say loser, but, um, you know, maybe not as successful in their romantic endeavors. How is that possible? Uh, you know, again, I, I think that there's a lot of, lot of explanations for that, but I think the most common one that I probably see that's the, rather than me just, you know, to hypothesize about what I think might be true with others, I can just tell you my own experience with, with so many clients over the years who are already pretty successful when they come to me. Right. So that's, that's the truth of the matter. It's not like, it's not like unsuccessful people come to executive coaching and say, Hey, fix it. It's, it's Robbie. It's sort of to your point, you know, that you said earlier when she asked you if you would, you know, want to be coached by an executive coach. I think, I think there's a moment in time where people recognize that they can take their game up by having someone come alongside them and challenge them and push them and so forth. So from my personal experience, Trevor, the thing that I think I see most frequently uh, if anybody has ever seen this Simon Sinek video on why it's a it's a great great uh, if it's not a TED talk it's at least a YouTube video and he talks about discovering your why and if you if you haven't connected to why you do what you do and that's not just professional I think it's pretty easy to get off in the weeds of you know I do this thing really well over here because it helps me to have the nice stuff. Uh, but these things over here, I don't really know how to engage with those because I'm not, not entirely sure I even care about those things. So I just sort of, you know, dabble, I dabble over here. I've got a problem with dabblers and that's, I guess what I'm referring to is it's why the, it's why the podcast is called all in, right? It's the antithesis of dabbling, right? No half ass there. No, you are all in. That's it. And by the way, I am in my marriage. You know, if you follow me on social, you'll see I, after 29 years, I refer to Tony as my bride. Why would I do that? I do that because I think it honors her. And I leave a note by her, by the, by her coffee cup every morning. Cause I get up a couple hours before her, a love note every morning for 29 years. Oh my gosh. Thanks right? Bill for the inadequacies. That have <laughs> May it be exposed. an encouragement. Right? May it be an encouragement. Somebody's yes, listening to this lovely. right now. Well, yeah. I mean, if they just start a simple little practice like that, you know, you don't you don't have to be the ultimate spouse or or girlfriend or boyfriend. But le- here's the lesson I learned, and I'm I'm taking this off track, but I'm just going to say it, and then I'll be no. Back. You're on track. Let me tell you, this is okay. Well, no. here's what I learned. I learned that about a year into our marriage, Tony said to me. You know, I loved it when you used to leave a love note on a business card under my windshield wiper. I loved it when you brought flowers to the salon where I got my hair done. And by the way, I did because I wanted to win the girl's heart. And if you want to win the girl's heart, um, showing that kind of affection in front of a bunch of other women, which I'm sure conversely probably works with guys. Um, but she was telling me, I, like, I missed that. You're not doing that anymore. And that was my lesson, Robbie, right? It was like, 
uh-oh, yeah. the very things that worked in the beginning, I stopped doing. And so I quit taking that for granted and began to pour back into our relationship. And so now it's my pleasure. This is not like a checklist or, oh, man, I got to come up with something. I love this woman, right? So why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I pour into her every day? Really great thought, and thank you for that. And Trevor, thanks you for that because uh, it's easy to get complacent. And here we are, not five years into our marriage, and I can see that uh, I have room for improvement. We all <laughs> in do. A few buddy. areas. We all do. Yeah. But that's uh, that's a lovely thing that you've been doing with your wife, and uh, I applaud you for it. Thanks, man. I think that love relationships. Even the relationship you have to yourself requires effort. Mm. And people do not put enough energy and work into it. And since I am new to the relationship world, I can speak from experience that this is, you know, I used to wonder why do people say, oh, marriage is work or relationships are work. They are in the best in the best way. It makes you want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to up your game. It makes you want to 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 find your game if you don't have any game. I don't care if you're dating and single or you're or you're married. So I totally get that now, and I don't think that I think what happens is you're right. People get complacent. People get lazy, mm. um, and they don't they stop trying. And, That's right. and especially in the work I do with, uh, fitness clients and, and dating coaching clients, they need to make a commitment to themselves first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yes. I ahead. agree. One of the, one of the things that we talk about in coaching, and it's funny cause I was just listening to a, a Navy SEAL talking about this the other day and he was talking about a, it was a podcast, military sort of podcast. Cause that's kind of my focus with my book. Um, and I'm just fascinated by that world. But he was talking about the fact that he there was a moment in time where he sort of disobeyed orders and went directly after some action. And what was happening was he, like his guys were getting shot at. But when he did that, they couldn't bring in air support because they didn't know where he was. Right. He and one other guy, a machine gunner. And so he he did, he very transparently said that he had made a mistake. Right. Like, OK, I learned that that's not the appropriate thing to do. I actually have to look at the tactical, the bigger picture before I just go running and take action like that. And so, you know, to, to me, the, the, I think the lesson there is to be, if we are focused on self-leadership before relational leadership. So in other words, late to your point, Trevor, I think you called it out beautifully before. And, and, you know, we hear all these platitudes, right? About, well, you can't really be of any value to anybody else if you don't have, you know, if you don't love yourself. There's a ton of truth in that. Like figure out what you've got going on first instead of so many people I know look for the solution being that other person. Like I'll be happy when. No, be happy now. Get it together now. But show up as the best version of you now. And I, I listened to what you both have been saying, and that is what you said, Bill, is that if you don't have skin in the game, so if you're not paying for these sessions with your life coach, with your trainer, you're only hurting yourself if you don't get something out of it. If you are into it and you are hoping to get something out and get to that next level, whatever it is, whether it's corporate or physical, uh, you know, 
having skin in the game is going to help you get there because you are paying for it and you don't want to waste your money. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your trainer's times. So uh, I think it's a really important uh, part of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I'm curious about your connection to the military Mm -hmm. and how does that work with what you do? Yeah, it seems odd, I think, at first blush. And and I did so many podcasts when the book was launched um, <clears throat> about eight months ago that I knew that question would come up a lot. The shortest version of that is 1% of our population serves our, our country in uniform, and 99% of us do not. So I'm part of the 99%. I've always been a patriot. I've always been patriotic. I've always appreciated that service. I would say thank you for your service when I see someone in uniform and Dallas Fort Worth Airport on my way to someplace else. There's a lot of them going through Dallas. Um, but when I read the book Lone Survivor, which later became a major motion picture with Mark Wahlberg, if you remember that, it's that 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 ill-fated, you know, Navy SEAL um, battle. It's just an unbelievable story. I think the film was probably out three or four years ago. It really hit me that wow, I coach people who do really well in business, but nothing like the way these guys show up. And right now it is all guys in, in special operations, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, uh, Marine, <clears throat> uh, MARSOC, uh, Force Recon Marines, and I uh, interviewed a Top Gun instructor. So I went after, went after these guys just to find out what the heck is going on with the wiring of these individuals that I can learn from, that I can use as a coach. So I landed on seven areas, training, discipline, fear, planning, failure, and motivation, and, and team, sorry. And so, you know, Robbie, with your experience, certainly in the in the sales world, I mean, I'm sure all of those are like clicking green lights on a dashboard for yeah. you, like, yep, 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 yep. And there are parallels. So there's, there's tons of areas where there's no comparison, Treva, but these seven areas I found, oh my goodness, there's direct connections between not just salespeople. I mean, if I'm honest, once I wrote the book, I began to hear from people from all walks of life saying that they were sharpened by it. So that's it. I was just curious about how did the best of the best in that particular area, how are they wired? What have they learned? And the one thing I will say, you already called out. They would all tell you to a person when they go through their basic training in Navy SEALs uh, world, it's called BUDS, basic underwater demolition SEALs, and they have a, a, a week in that six-month training called Hell Week. In order to get through that, there's an 80% attrition, meaning only 20% get through it. And, and the, 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 what they would all tell you is it has nothing to do with physical strength. They're all strong. Right. But some are five, eight and some are six, five. The difference is mindset to a person. They all told me the same thing. You can't make me quit. So it's attitude, which I think is where we started the show. Okay, can you repeat those seven things again? Because I think they have everything to do with dating and being single. Yep. So they are training, discipline, fear, planning, failure, motivation, and team. Yeah. Funny you should say those things because I've been putting together since I became a life coach, some materials, some reading materials for my clients. Mm -hmm. And there was something I came across that I know it has nothing to do with the military (laughs) and dating has nothing to do with being a a Navy SEAL. But I came across and for some reason, this really, this, it just inspired me. 11 proven rules for success from a former Navy SEAL. And there are a lot, and it just so applies to everything about life coaching and being single and love and 
getting into relationships. And it's just funny because um, I know they have nothing in common, but but a lot of those are kind of what you're saying. Like, for example, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. getting outside your comfort zone on a regular basis. That's huge. Huge. That's huge, especially in this world of online dating. Yeah, great point. Because no one goes outside their comfort zone anymore because it's too mm. much, it's, it's, they're too vulnerable or they open themselves up to rejection and it's just too easy to sit behind your computer or behind your phone. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say this is a 63 year old, twice married man. First marriage lasted seven years, was never good. It was a bad idea, you know, just it wasn't good. Um, this marriage has been, we've had our, certainly our rocky spots. I don't want to be disingenuous about that, but, you know, on balance, like, holy cow, so blessed, unbelievable. But if there was one bit of advice I would give to someone who is dating, looking back in my rearview mirror, right, um, it would be swing for the fence, like swing for the fence. If there's somebody that you know, that you see, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you think, you know, well, like, what's the worst that could happen? You won't die. You mm-hmm. won't die. The worst that happens is you get a no, right? Mm-hmm. And it more than likely will probably be gracious. Like, that's really sweet. Or I think I even heard you talk about that, Trevor, right? Didn't you talk about that a few? You, you oh, had yes. a comedian on, and it seems to me like you you mentioned that very thing about how you would let somebody down that had asked you out. Right. Right? Yes. So swing for the fence. Yeah. That would, that's my best advice. Like, go for it. Swing for the fence and also don't quit. Don't quit Absolutely. just because, and just if you do swing for the fence and you don't necessarily make a home run, um, don't quit. Don't stop. Uh, don't just, you know, because you've, you've hit a speed, speed bump or, because there's some obstacles, don't stop doing it. I mean, that's right. Well, here's what Tony will tell you in our life. When, when I, d- I definitely swung for the fence without a doubt. And as I tell people, I was in lust with my, li- my wife long before I fell in love with her. Right? Mm-hmm. So I swung for the fence, was rejected graciously, but I did not give up. And I don't know if she were here because she always keeps me honest, right, with my memory. But I would say it had to have been a year and a half before we finally got to the point where she agreed to a date. Like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I got really tired of swinging. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for effort. I'm all for action. Uh, However, with that said, I'm all for Okay, so I'm a big proponent of not quitting, but I'm also a big fan of quitting when you are hitting a wall. Mm. That's there's a big distinction there. And Agreed. I want to go in, I want to go into that more after the break. You bet. Okay, so we are going to take another break and we will be right back with more Bill Hart. And now back to Done Being Single with Trevor and Robbie. Okay, we are back. Okay, so we're talking about action. We're talking about effort. We're talking about plans, preparation, which is, by the way, another rule of success according to uh, the Navy SEALs, knowing the difference between preparation and planning, right? Plans are great and essential for success, but preparation and execution are what gets it done, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Flip side of that is surrender, or as I like to say, call it strategic quitting, when 
you keep running up against a wall, you're hitting a, you know, you just hit a wall, you're grinding it out. When do you quit? When do you surrender? When do you release, let go? So here's a, here's a great answer directly from that world. So Admiral uh, William McRaven wrote the book, Make Your Bed, if you remember that story. He's, he was in charge of naval special warfare at the time that we we went after bin Laden in Pakistan. And so he talks about in, it was called Operation Neptune Spear. And he talks about that they had not only plan A, but plan B, C, D, E, and F. Literally. Mm -hmm. And they built in South Carolina, I think it was, they built a complete mock-up that they had done from years of satellite images of this compound that he was in. So if you think about it, when they started building it, there was no roof on it. So they could actually see where the internal walls were and they knew what all the rooms looked like, right? They're pretty good at this stuff. We have the data. And so they built the mock-up and they rehearsed over and over and over and over again. Plan A was two Black Hawk helicopters come in and they release the guys they fast rope down. They go into the specific areas they're going to go. Well, one of the helicopters clipped a rotor blade on one of the exterior walls, and so they immediately went to plan B. So I think to your point, the idea of knowing when something isn't going to work and then being prepared to take that next action, right, rather than just in the world of relationships, it's easy to just be immobilized and say, well, okay, that didn't work. That was a failure. I'm going to join a monastery. Yeah, maybe that's not the best strategy. Right. right. Or the only one. Yes. Right. Well, right. No, you've got to have choices. There are, you always have options. Uh, there are so many choices. And I am not for the one, I'm not for the, the you know, the square peg round hole, mm. which, which I did for a long time. Yep. Um, when something doesn't feel right, I mean, there's nothing... There, there is dignity in quitting something that isn't right, mm-hmm. and there is there is no shame in saying you know throwing in the towel and saying okay I gave it my best, this isn't working for me, I have hit a wall and I'm going to move on to something that I'm going to be successful in, and you can say that's a job or a relationship or even a choice of sports or something. I make a point of that in my book because. I I really believe that there is power in there's strength in surrendering in mm. in not in certain instances. Understood. Which which brings me uh, around to the we were talking off air about Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. and I knew he sounded familiar because I quote him in my book, and I forgot. Um, can you tell us who Viktor Frankl is? You bet. So. Dr. Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I don't remember exactly, but he was interned in, if I'm not mistaken, he was in both Auschwitz and Dachau during World War II. Um, He actually, I, I think he was a doctor of philosophy. I actually think that's what what he was doing. And what he did, right, he is he he endured this inconceivable experience that many of us have heard about and you know been directly affected by of course but here this guy while in that environment having family killed seeing people all around him just being exterminated nightmare situation of history and he decides if if i give in to the anger then they win 
But if I choose to forgive them, then my internal being, my soul has a lightness. And so what he says is, his quote is, um, uh, everything can be taken from a man or woman but one thing. The last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think about a Dr. Phil episode, right, with somebody telling you about how dysfunctional their life has been. Fair enough, and I get that. But the extreme example is Dr. Frankel. And he said, no, no, it's not what happened to me. It's what I choose to do with that moving forward. I think that's remarkable. Right, especially under uh, under those circumstances. And I took a quote of his um, and I kind of changed it because I wanted to sort of customize it for, for love and dating. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I quote him, I referenced him in a paragraph that I call, that I say, don't make finding a man or woman your sole mission in Mm, life. So good. Okay. Because it's not healthy to do that. And Mm -hmm. I'm all for discipline as a fitness professional and as an athlete. I mean, my God, my whole life is about hard work and discipline. Sure. But there's something I have learned uh, the hard way in love, and that is sometimes there is no, discipline doesn't belong there. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It does when you, uh, when it comes to self-care, when it comes to self-improvement, but when you look outside yourself uh, with too much effort and too much focus for something, it tends to, how do I explain it? It like it backfires. Mm. Um, all that discipline and intention and focus, it doesn't always apply to to romantic things, to mm-hmm. your romantic pursuits. And and so I took the liberty of changing his quote a little bit to illustrate this point. And he says, and I say, don't aim at love. Love. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For love, like success and happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself. Mm. Yeah, I love that a lot. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bob Goff or if you've read any of his work, but he's got a great book called Love Does. And I think to that point, Bob Goff would say, be love, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. you, if you, it, it, what did, what did, what do we tell little kids, right? We, we tell little kids in, in kindergarten, if you want to have a friend, be a friend. Right. So, so I would say the same thing in the love market, right? It's like, if you want to attract it, like exhibit it, radiate it. Right. Be the person. Be, be, be lovable. The, yes. Yeah. Be the person you want to date. Amen. I would, I'd make that a t-shirt, Trevor. I like it. I can't it. take credit for it, but it is pretty brilliant and it is true. It is absolutely true. Who, and do, who do you give credit to for that? I don't know. I've read so much. Uh, I have no idea where I get my stuff anymore, but um, that is really good stuff because it, it, it does begin with you. It absolutely, every little thing, your success in life begins with you and uh, the level of desire and determination and um, look you can't control everybody else in your world you can't control every everything but you can for the most part control yourself and mm. and you can you can control your choices 
Can, can I just give one quick example? I know we're running sure. low on time, but just one okay. quick example of the other side of that coin. And my hope is somebody listening to this right now will recognize this either in themselves or maybe someone that they know. But very often when somebody is injured in a relationship, and I'm thinking of someone right now that I know has recently gone through a tough divorce, it's not uncommon for that person to come off acerbic, acidic, angry, and it's appropriate, right? There's an appropriate period of time for that. But there's also a time where I think you've got to move on from that because if you continue to be that person, how on earth will you ever, ever be interesting to someone else, right? Other mm-hmm. than another divorce attorney, that's probably not very attractive. So at some point, right, you're going to have to forgive and bury that and move on because the, the longer that you continue to be angry and stir that pot of resentment and how terrible he was or she was or that thing, it's like, seriously, who wants to hang out with you and hear that? It's so true. Uh, you know, and the longer you remain in that person, the longer it will take until you can meet somebody that will want to hang out with you. Totally. So uh, the sooner you eliminate that and shed that ugly acerbic person, the sooner you will be available for someone. Yeah, and, man. And that's, uh, that's really a good point. I think people do get injured and they do respond that way. Mm. And um, Well, it's we'll like scar that. tissue, you know. It it's, is. Uh, yeah. And you can't help it. It's just, it, especially the older you get and the more, the longer you date or the longer you're single, Mm. Um, wow, it takes it takes work not to get hardened and jaded. It takes work to totally. not let that uh, be the driving force of who you are after a relationship ends. And uh, it's it's really important that if you, if you are that, don't go out. Don't go out seeking people because it's not going to come back to you. It's not it's not going to give you what you need. I think uh, in the aftermath of a breakup, mm-hmm. uh, heal yourself. Be ready and then make your move and get out there then. I think that's really important. Uh, Bill, this has been a, a great hour. Tell us, uh, tell the audience how they can find you and where they can look at you. You know, it is so easy these days, right? If you just Google Coach Bill Hart, you will absolutely find me. Great. And uh, yeah, if you want a specific landing page, coachbillhart.com. But it's been great hanging with you guys, and I'm going to leave you my the best piece of relational advice that I've ever heard, and it was one that I heard from my wife. And 29 years later, I live it. And that is, if it's important to her, it's important to me. And the converse is also true. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. see the absence of that a lot in relationships that don't work. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. You have to, you may not be wired the same, you may not, you may have your differences, but you gotta honor and respect and listen to the other person. It's what a relationship is No matter about. how much yeah. you roll your eyes and go, this person's nuts, but you know what? It's that it's it, it's someone I love or care about, and for that reason, I am going to keep an open mind and listen and see what I can glean from this. I say it all the time. We talk yeah. about it all the time with each other. It's truth. I'm going to spend probably eight hours in front of the television tomorrow because the Academy Awards are on. I do that because that's important to her. Oh, Mm -hmm. great. You're a great guy, Bill Hart. You are. Will you marry us? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm holding for 30. Let's see how how we do at 30, and then I'll get back to you. You you and your your wife are very lucky to have each other, obviously, and uh, we really appreciate the, the wisdom 
and the time you spent with us. So thank you, Bill. It's been a great hour. Thank it you. It was my and, pleasure. And thanks, so everybody. Have, having you have me on. Thank you, yeah, guys. Yeah, man. Appreciate what you're doing. We are all done being single. And Bill, congratulations. You're, you're really good at it, uh, not being single. <laughs> and uh, hopefully everybody else is done being single, too. And right. we will be back next week. All right, everybody. Have a great week. And thanks again, Bill. Love you, honey. Love you, too. Love you. Mm-hmm. We'll talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs> <laughs>